I have the really wonderful privilege of helping to um, join two people together in holy matrimony tomorrow on Saturday uh, when I'm going to get to do a wedding for a young couple. Um, and uh, I love doing weddings. I've done a number of them over the years, and, and uh, as you might imagine, and, and I just really love weddings. They're, they're fun, they're, they're special. Each one is a little bit unique based on the people, that they, you know, the couple and their families and all this kind of thing. There's just a lot of wonderful things about, a, uh, about doing a, a wedding and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, one of the great things that, one of the things I, I, I think over the years now that I've done a number of them and of course having you know, taught passages like Ephesians 5 and that, I've really come to appreciate more and more it's hard to say you've really fully grasped it, but I feel like more and more over the years I've come to really appreciate uh, what really lies at the heart, what resides really at the foundation of Christian marriage. And of course, it's the picture that Paul paints uh, in Ephesians 5. It's the picture that God paints in uh, the early chapters of Genesis where he brings Adam and Eve together. Um, it's a picture that is sort of a, a thread that runs throughout scripture. and. Christian wedding, uh, marriage, and really marriage in general, but in, but specifically and especially Christian marriage uh, and Jewish marriage, you could easily say too, really uh, presents us with something that is wonderfully rich and profound about this relationship. I mean, think about what God had said, where the man uh, will leave his uh, you know father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, Paul talks about. Um, the roles of husbands and wives in marriage, but he goes on to equate that with a larger picture, speaking of this wonderful mystery of Christ and his church. There is something wonderfully rich theologically about that, and that's not to be missed. It, there's, there's, there's a tremendous amount of depth to, uh, again, just the theology of that, but there's also the, the, the incredible added benefit of insight into our relationship with Christ that sometimes we don't necessarily equate the same way we do with some of the theology behind it, um, strictly speaking. You think about a young couple, you know, they, uh, they meet, they get to know each other, uh, they fall in love, they get engaged, uh, then comes the wedding day, and then there's this lifetime of, of, of dwelling together in unity and, and you know, ideally, I mean, we all have our ups and downs, obviously, but, but you know, I, uh, dwelling together, um, you know, as one and all of this kind of thing. And you think about the excitement that the two have uh, as they're waiting for this day to come. You, know, you think about, as a matter of fact, if I just start even further, consider, uh, you know, in the Jewish culture when the, the man and woman would be betrothed, like they were basically put together by the parents and one day they would get married. And when they came, became of marrying age, uh, the man would, of course, uh, you know, uh, solidify the engagement, but then he would go off and he would begin to prepare a place for her. He would go and build onto the house and this whole thing and prepare the, the place that they would live in and all of that. And then when it was ready, and of course they never quite knew when it was ready. It generally took about a year, but no one really knew exactly when it was gonna be ready. Uh, and, and so once it was, once the father came out and looked at this, uh, this addition that the son had built on uh, on the house and everything that they were going to dwell in, when he looked at it, inspected it, and said, okay, this is ready, go get your bride, he would get his entourage together, his friends, there would be fanfare as they would arrive in, uh, in the neighborhood of the woman he was going to be marrying, this girl who had uh, been betrothed to him. 
And of course, during this entire year or so, when he's building this place, she is just anticipating and preparing herself and, and just dreaming of what it will be like and, and all of this wonderful thing. And, uh, and then he would arrive and come and, and, and collect her, sweep her off her feet, as it were, and bring her home. And, uh, and they would begin their life together. And there's just this wonderful anticipation and excitement and, and this angst and yearning to be with your beloved. And that's the part that I, I just find uh, most beautiful when I consider um, the idea of, of being wed. I think of my own, obviously, my own uh, engagement and marriage to my beautiful bride. And, and just, you know, the, the, you know, the time between that engagement and the wedding day. And then, of course, the, the day. If you're young and you're watching this, young man, and, you're, and you're, you're not married yet, let me tell you something. There is precious little in life that is more special and emotionally uh, overwhelming as the minute you look down the aisle and you see your bride standing there about to make her way. And there she is, ready to come down the aisle. Wow. Uh, and I think about that in relationship to our, as the churches, our bridegroom, Christ. The fact that one day, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am you may also be. Uh, he used that kind of imagery periodically in his, min in his you know, ministry, in his relationship with the disciples, or even in some of his teachings. Um, he spoke about these things so that we might consider just what this relationship with him really is. This is not just about I mean, it's certainly based upon the truth of Scripture, believing who Christ is, what he's done. I mean, these are the things that form the foundation. But there's the added element of excitement of knowing that there is the bringing together, finally, of this relationship in its fullness, in all of its glory and joy that is yet to come. We are waiting for our bridegroom to get the okay from the Father to come and get his bride. Just absolutely overwhelming. One day he'll come for us. One day he'll come. He'll collect his bride. He'll sweep her off his feet. And he'll bring her home. And so shall we always be with the Lord. That should be massively exciting for us as believers. That should be something that fills us with yearning and longing to be with him. To... To, to, for every day to be filled with a sense that maybe today he comes for us. Just to imagine that in the twinkling of an eye we could be changed. The sound of that trumpet, that fanfare when he comes to get his bride. I hope that excites you. I hope that's something that fills you with joy and excitement. I hope it's something that you long for. Uh, you can imagine like how odd it would be if a bride um, in that day, like say again, if you look at the Jewish culture and then and he's gone off to prepare a place for her and she's just sort of, you know, doing nothing, not really all excited. And, oh, one day it'll happen. And, you know, and then of course, when he's ready to come for her and she hears the trumpet, she's in the middle of something else doing some other stuff, or she really hasn't been thinking about the fact that he's going to be coming for her. And all of a sudden she's sort of caught off guard a little bit and maybe not even all that excited because she, you know, just sort of was too ingrained in something else going on or something. Yeah, that would be so bizarre uh, and odd to think that, you know, here you are ready to spend your life with this person. 
but you're not really all that stoked about seeing him when he comes. That's odd, that's strange, that's not normal. And when it comes to our longing to see Christ, it is equally abnormal for us not to be thrilled at the prospect that he might come for us at any moment. Uh, and that when he does, whenever that is, that we would not be thrilled beyond words to see him. We would not, not only be snatched away, but be like ready every day to jump up in the air that he might catch us and snatch us away. It's just so anticipating. Um, you know, my wife and I used to, you know, sort of, you know, I mean, goofing around a little bit, but almost not really, just practice our rapture drills, you know, hands up in the air and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I really want to see him, and my wife really wants to see him. Uh, so many in our fellowship really, really want to see him. I hope you really want to see him, because that is the, that is the posture of a bride awaiting her bridegroom, the betrothed, waiting for the one she's betrothed to to come and take her away. And that day could be today. Father, we thank you for the hope and the joy that you have instilled in this relationship with your son that you've called us to. We thank you that one day he'll come and take us home, that one day we'll leave this, this world behind and we'll enter the chambers with our, our bridegroom. We thank you, Lord, for the picture that you painted in Scripture, both in terms of just studying the theology of it, but also in, in, in regard to the relationship you've given us here on earth in marriage, um, that, Father, we can see our marriages as being rich and beautiful between the two, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, our, our wives, our husbands, that kind of thing. But to know that this is actually also intended to be seen as a picture of what the joy of being with our bridegroom is all about. Help us to live in the wonder, the yearning, the angst even to be with him. And that nothing in this world would distract us or, or, or diminish that hope or that longing rather instead we would live each day thinking maybe today so father we love you and praise you and thank you for all of this and uh and ask this with great hope and anticipation in the name of our bridegroom 